You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Welcome, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. I want to welcome you to a fantastic Friday and a full Friday, I will say that. We have an amazing lineup of guests here today with me is Sahar Amini. She's going to be telling us all about the protests happening right now with the National um, Iranian-American Council. Uh, I'm American-Iranian Council. Yeah, Iranian-American Council. I want to make sure I get that right. But there's some misnomers out there. She's going to make sure we know what's really going on. And then also I have uh, my girl, Sade Moore, in the building. She is the uh, executive chair for MLK Seattle Organizing Coalition um, or Seattle MLK Organizing Coalition. And I'm glad that she's here because, of course, Monday is MLK Day and Seattle is still home of the longest running MLK celebration in the nation. So I'm so glad I'll be able to talk to her about all the amazing things y'all can expect for MLK Day this uh, year, starting on Monday. It's going to be great. And then I'll be following up with my girl, Eula Scott Benoit is in the building. We're going to be talking about some of the work she's been doing in the community, as y'all have been hearing messages throughout this week about the covenant, which will also be introduced at MLK Day. So I'll be diving in with her. Before I get it in uh, with my first guest here, I just want to share an opportunity. Now, we had UNCF on uh, last uh, season sometime, and they were telling us about um, this upcoming HBCU tour. Now is the time. If you know of any high school juniors who are looking to go get their experience, understand the culture, the history, the legacies of HBCUs as an option for them, this right here is the information you guys can can see that the email is right there. I think it's UNCF success um, and uh, th- that you can email. Uh, Brianna is on it. They are trying to get more juniors involved this year with this tour and it is all expenses paid. So for those of you who are like, man, I know high school juniors that are looking uh, you know, to get their applications in, looking to get that experience, make sure you guys go to UN- UNCF's website. Um, you guys can find the information there as well. In terms of their portfolio program, the application closes on Sunday, y'all, the 15th of January. And they've extended it because they're like, look, we want more young folks to apply for this amazing opportunity. So please utilize this amazing resource and get those applications in before the deadline. Well, I'm excited because uh, Sakhar has been with us before and she is joining us again. What's going on, Sakhar? How are you? Hi, Trey. Good. Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah. This is a uh, this is one of those issues that you've been on for a really long time. Um, just give us an overview about what's going on, just for those who may not have seen my first interview with you last season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first, I want to like differentiate the Iranian American community from that council you mentioned because we are on different paths than um, some uh, organizations. Uh, but the Iranian American community has been marching and Converge has been with us and our um, African American brothers and sisters and Ukrainian brothers and sisters have been with us and joining us in these rallies to um, 
speak about what's happening in Iran and also how that's a local issue here as well, because we are also going through many um, situations that have made this a local issue and our families are there and, um, you know, activists are being either, um, you know, like attacked, retaliated against um, just to, you know, stop us from speaking our minds and tell our story. So um, I see, you know, many organizations um, to try to advocate on moderate but not very realistic approach on what's going on in Iran, right? It's um, women and men, it's rich and poor, it's everybody coming to the streets and getting killed. And, you know, we feel like there's a lot of um, voices that are being missed in this process um, with those of us that, you know, I feel like I have a responsibility to um, uh, help echo that voice of the Iranians, which, you know, these organizations may not be, um, you know, supporting or effectively and realistically echoing. I mean, I understand they have to raise money. They have to look like, you know, um, they're building an organization or they've built an organization that's effective. But um, how about the boots on the ground? How about the people that are actually directly being affected by these, right? So um, we have been trying to help echo that voice and uh, bring the community together. There's so many leaders in the community, so many activists that have united like never before to try and amplify these voices. So it's been a great um, opportunity for us to reconnect. Well, I mean, this is something that I think does take a full effort. I mean, anytime we're talking about understanding how uh, international issues are really impacting us here, it's important that we have local voices to really elevate that. And I really appreciate that you've been on the ground doing that and bringing a lot of folks into this. I mean, Sahar, you're talking about, you know, folks from all kinds of ethnic backgrounds, understanding the importance of this in their own world. And I think that that right there is where we can begin to kind of break the ideology here in America that, well, if it's not happening on our soil, you know, is it really going to be impactful to us? And that's something that we really have to understand, but it's through voices like yourselves and lived experience like yours, where we can really get that glimpse of that. Um, as you, as you've been building out this amazing community of, of folks who have been organizing and protesting, tell us a bit about how that message has been resonating with them. Absolutely. I mean, I have to say, I am only one of many uh, people that have stepped up um, and have been trying to speak up for those people, right? So, um, you know, we are just building the community together to uh, connect with our non-Iranian Americans, non-Iranians as well, right? Because um, that is also important. Also, you mentioned about how it's impacting us here. Um, for example, many of us have been advocating for legislation to sanction the parliamentarians in Iran that, you know, voted to execute our youth. And two days later, they were walking down the streets of New York. Do Americans really want that? We don't. We are not advocating for immigration policy or for people to come here. We are saying do not allow them the government officials to come here when they voted to execute our youth two days earlier inside Iran, right? So um, it is impacting us. They are coming here and we want to feel safe 
uh, in our community in America. We want to be able to have our freedom of speech. And many people that are organizing these rallies that are advocating for legislation um, have been sending that message as well. Like the MASA Act has been introduced in Congress. That's a bipartisan um, issue. That's a bipartisan bill, right? Because this is a bipartisan issue. It is a humanitarian issue. It's a human rights. It's a women's rights. And also understanding that this is not just women fighting. Men and women shoulder to shoulder are fighting. And we here as a community, I believe, have a responsibility to help echo that voice and to send a message out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we kind of talked on that when I first uh, connected with you about how this isn't just a woman issue. And I appreciate the fact that this is something that a lot of folks can stand behind. Because when you talk about human rights violations, that is impactful to every human, right? And so I appreciate that. That's really the foundation of how you're making uh, you know, these kind of connections. When you think about next steps and next moves, I mean, what does this look like as you guys continue to fight for these human rights? You know, how can people stay engaged and informed in this work that you all are doing? I mean, I believe we all, we, we believe that the Iranian people uh, should and must uh, control their faith and build the nation. What we can do here is to not make it easier for that government to survive and legitimize their actions, right? So the next steps for us is advocating on legislative uh, process, on legislative action. And for example, I mentioned the MASA Act, uh, right? Advocating on that, that's sanctioning the Supreme Leader, the president, their appointees, their cabinet members, and not allow them to freely come here to this country and, uh, you know, block their properties and, you know, all these things that can be done to delegitimize that government. I mean, their um, IRGC is already uh, a terrorist organization and the leader of that organization is the supreme leader. Why is he not sanctioned? And so because it's a bipartisan bill, I really support it. And I would ask anyone to just pick up the phone. We have the president pro tempore of the Senate, Senator Murray, in this state. And it's really important that we reach out and, you know, it'll take two minutes. I call their office and say, listen, my name is Trey and I support the Mass Act. And I suggest you do, too, because, you know, we are standing in our Iranian brothers and sisters and we want to support them. So what are you doing to support them as well? Mm -hmm. So, you know, this can take two minutes, but it's very impactful, especially when it's coming from the non-Iranians. Yeah, this is important. And I, I'm so glad that you could come here today to make sure that we're all engaged in this. And I uh, stand alongside you all. Uh, you'll be, they'll be getting a call from me for sure. <laughs> uh, because, it, it, you know, we have to make these actions, um, you know, feasible for a lot of folks. And I get it. People are working, people get busy, but let's take the time to be engaged and involved. I, I also, before I let you go, I got to give you a second. If folks want to connect with you, if they want to learn more, if they want to dive a little deeper, into this issue or find out, you know, how they can be there the next time you guys have a rally or a protest. Uh, look right there in that camera. Let folks know how to connect personally with you so that they can really be engaged in the local efforts that you all are creating here. Thank you so much. Yes. So my local, um, my Instagram account is Sahar Amini, S-A-G-H-A-R-A-M-I-I-N-I-I. And but there's also many other groups that are advocating here. There are organizations and I try to share uh, their information on my page as well. 
And so, you know, from there, there's uh, rallies, there's legislative action, there's resolutions and proclamations. And, you know, there's so much that anyone can just take two minutes to do. And our main goal, our main objective is to build a community around all of this and to expand our community and just to be united um, and be the voice of people that are not being represented correctly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sahar, thank you so much for being with me again today. And and as I said to you last time, you know, stay engaged with us here on The Day with Trey as much as we can. We want to help to be a conduit of information and really make sure that people are engaged and informed about this issue. Thank you for being on the front lines and for bringing people to this. Uh, you know, so please, as updates come, let me know. We'll make sure the folks know about it. Thanks so thank much for you. being with me. Thank you so much. And thank you for being on from day one. You have been very supportive. You have, um, you know, Jordan has been there, your staff, Deontay, yourself, all of you guys have been just amazing and very supportive. So thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. There we go. Starting off this fantastic Friday with a bang. Of course, that is going to continue right after this short break. I get the chance to talk to Sade Moore, Executive Chair of Seattle MLK Organizing Coalition. Let's make sure y'all stay tuned after this short break. You don't want to miss this. You're watching The Day with Trey. Prosperity in Black America. What will this require? Is Black business prospering? Are we reaching women and minority-owned businesses? How do we achieve earning parity for wealth for our families? Do our children really have access to education? Will our families have choices for our children? Prison pipelines, mass incarceration, tearing our families apart, a healthcare system not accessible to the masses, the disproportionate termination of black women from corporate America. When will we actually begin to address what's really at play? How do black people gain more power to help make these changes? This requires a lot of political will and courage. I'm that provocateur of change. I am Cindy Bright. Welcome to Heartbeat. COVID-19 hurt my income, my health, and my family. We were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government. We called 1-877-894-HOME, and a housing counselor stepped in, talked to our lender, and saved our home. Federal funding details at WashingtonHalf.org. That's WashingtonHAF.org. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Joining me right now is Sade Moore. I've been waiting to get Sade in the building on my couch. What's up, Sade? What's up? What's up? <laughs> Happy to be here. It's still the morning time, just waking up, moving on, but... Uh, glad to be sitting here with you. And uh, I feel like I'm amongst family. Oh, so that's a good feeling. It. You know it. Well, the, the thing is, is that when I kind of first really started getting back into community, the coalition was one of my first stops. I'm like, that. you know, how do I get engaged? How do I get involved? Um, and knowing that that has been such a pillar in our community, I want to hear from you how it's been because you've been a part of this organizing for a very long time. Tell us a bit about your beginnings coming into the MLK organizing and what's kept you there in that space and allowed you to grow now to executive chair. Absolutely. So I started uh, roughly around 12 years ago. So my daughter, who is now 13, was an itty bitty baby. Um, I was working security downtown and 
um, one of the security officers that I worked with was the sister, the, the baby sister of uh, then council member Larry Gossett. Um, so who is an advisor for me now and has been an advisor ever since. Um, but we would be talking in the office and we were talking about community, you know, from, you know, mother to mother, you know, we just had this, you know, immediate bond. And she told me about what her brother was doing in the community. So she's like, Hey, Shadi, I think you should check it out. You know, here, here's his number. Here's his email. Um, you know, this is when they meet. So I showed up for a meeting. Um, Larry Gossett was, uh, the chair, uh, and Camilla Brown was, uh, his executive aide, but also doing a whole bunch of amazing things uh, with the coalition at that time. Um, started. Then I was a volunteer. I was learning. I was eating everything up. And then gradually over time, I just stepped into like a chair role, chairing one of our subcommittees. Um, and then three years ago, yeah, three, four years ago, um, I stepped into a leadership role. And at that point in time, um, I was the youngest black woman chair under the age of 30, I was then 29, um, and our entire executive team was a team of black parents, professionals, community members, all under the age of 30. So it was a pivotal time within our coalition's leadership, um, but I've just been driving ever since uh, with the support of the coalition. Um, but it's it's just been amazing. Well, it's so great to, you know, I, I'm, I'll say this. We need more folks like yourselves who at a young age can step into something and right. stick with it right. for a long time. You really represent that. And you, you know, to, to know that Seattle is one of the, the longest running celebrations of MLK's legacy right. across the nation. How does that resonate with you in terms of what you all bring? Because I think it is one of those events that everyone looks forward to every single year. Tell us a bit about the impact of that in, uh, on you. Well, we are the only jurisdiction named after the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So that alone speaks volumes. Um, you know, for me, I, I work in the city. Um, actually, since COVID, I'm, I'm in and out of the city working. Um, but this work is, is a whole nother job. And it, you know, for actually throughout the entire year, because I'm working even off of the planning season. Um, but this, the impact of where this organization has started, um, and the folks uh, that are now advisors and, and the legacy behind our coalition that came before me, um, you know, after hearing the history um, and what it meant for them and, and what it meant to continue, you know, this mission forward um, by keeping these events going um, and, and finding different ways to expand beyond that. Um, you know, three years ago, um, our coalition started uh, an internship program mm -hmm. um, in which, you know, year one, we had two interns, uh, you know, out of Seattle high schools. Uh, year two, it was four. And this year we had six. So we're growing, you know, and it's just a these young people, uh, freshmen through senior year in high school say, hey, this is something that I want to be a part of. They're writing mission statements. They're getting sign offs from their teachers. Um, you know, they're given, you know, great references just from leaders in the community on why they need to be involved. And so me being a young person starting in this work and then being able to see how that's evolving and getting more young people, you know, into this work is just been a true sight to see. So 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll say too that I think there's something really special about uh, community organizing that oftentimes just just goes overlooked. Right. Um, and we talk about it before. I mean, a lot of folks talk about it as being like, oh, it's one of the most thankless things. But ultimately, there's a lot of folks who are very thankful and appreciative. Right. How have you been able to experience those relationships that the organizing coalition has really uh, created? I mean, stemming from all of the way back. Right. It seems like so many, so many generations of relationship. How do you feel that that's really been, uh, you know, a kind of driving force of how y'all have really been impactful in community? I love to network um, and I love to volunteer. So being able to see those two come together, you know, by way of me being in the position that I'm in for this coalition has been amazing. Um, this year alone, and I'm saying this basically referencing what I was doing last night because I was working, uh, finalizing the program, which is going to be amazing if you happen to turn out on Monday. You can see exactly what we've been doing behind the scenes. Um, but well over 75 supporters, sponsors, donors, um, you know, folks just offering us grants. How can we sign up? I get you to sign up. Um, and being able to have those conversations with them in email, um, having them call my phone and be like, hey, this is what we want to do. How can we partner with you? Um, it's been amazing. I think that's all, again, based off of the relationships that I've created within the coalition. Grassroots folks, folks that have been in the community for so long that own their own businesses that are, you know, um, sitting on boards for other, you know, organizations in the community, um, doing things abroad, whether that be, you know, internationally or just, you know, when we think about just in the US, um, seeing the impact that they've made and how they're reaching out and grabbing onto me and they're like, hey, you're one of our younger folks. We want to get you, you know, we want to put you out there so that folks can see what this coalition is really about and how we're trying to move it forward. So for me, that's, that's a blessing. I'm able to uh, express that, you know, when I'm at home with my family, um, with my 13 year old daughter, who's getting more involved in wanting to see what the, what her mom is doing. Um, and then our interns as well, setting the right example for them to say, Hey, you see that I did it. That I want you to do it too. My goodness. Well, this is a great opportunity, too, for me to open it up because, I mean, clearly jam-packed schedule right, on Monday. Right. Every year, it's without fail, it's impeccable. I'll right. say that. Um, I loved being a part of organizing it from the back end. I was just telling KL, I'm like, man, if I had the time, y'all know I would be there every I know. time. So this is why for me, I'm like, man, what can I do? Let me do my part to make sure I'm spreading the message. Right. Obviously, thousands of people turn out for this every year, but this is exciting because I think with COVID, we you, you guys made some shifts. Right. And still made a way right. to really celebrate Dr. King during this uh, phenomenal time. Uh, when you think about the opportunities you all have, you said it, it takes a year to plan this out. I it mean, does. you guys are having meetings throughout the year. You guys are figuring out what right after, you know, the event, you guys are doing analysis on the event right. and then you're starting to plan again. So this means that people have the opportunity to volunteer. Absolutely. Even now, Absolutely. I, before I let you go, Sade, you got to look right there. Let them know how do they tap in with you and the coalition if they are looking to really make a statement and become a part of this coalition and volunteer. Absolutely. So you can follow us on Instagram, MLK Seattle. You can go directly to our website. It's www.seattlemlkcoalition, all together, all lowercase.org. Everything is updated. Matter of fact, I just reached out to our webmaster and told him to put the program on there so that y'all can see it this weekend. Matter of fact, later on tonight. So make sure you tune in. Um, you can also email me, mlkseattle at gmail.com. And myself or a member of our executive team will, you know, reach out to you and ask any questions that you may have. Um, and you can come and see me on Monday. I'll be all around, but you'll definitely see me up at the stage. 
Oh, well, great, great, Sade. And, you know, uh, I'm going to be talking to Eula right after this break about the, you know, the the uh, covenant. I was telling, right. I'm like, hey, we got to make sure some of our MLK folks get, get the hoodie too because, you know, this, you guys really represent the principles that I'll be speaking with Eula about right after this. Thank you so much for My everything pleasure. you give and do. You're phenomenal, Sade. I appreciate that, sis. Anytime you have updates, this is the space for you. You can Absolutely. come anytime. Awesome. <laughs> well, you guys, I do get to continue this and I know we're going to go over today, but that's just what it is. It's a feel good Friday. It's feeling fantastic in here. And I told y'all at the top of the show, it was going to be a full Friday, but I get the opportunity to speak to you, Scott, but know about all the ways that she's been tapping into community and particularly about this work with the covenant. Stay tuned right after this short break, y'all. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Trey Holiday. We're bringing back black love when we met. That's right. We need something to warm all of our hearts and to elevate love once again in our communities. We want y'all to go to whereweconverge.com forward slash black love so y'all can nominate your favorite couple for the next rendition of this show with me as the host. Let me sit down and have them on my couch and share how their love can inspire us all. Make sure y'all go and get your nominations in today and be on the lookout for black love when we met coming at you on Converge Media very soon. Welcome back, everybody, to the David Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, and joining me right now is Eula Scott by No. Oh my goodness, Eula! Thank you. It's nothing. Literally, it's nothing. <gasps> I love you too much. I'm so grateful for this. Really, this is a really blessing. Well, I, I just got to say, you know, being connected to you and knowing that you've done so many different things. And I, I mean, I want to start because, you know, obviously a lot of folks probably go, man, well, your dad was out here. You, you was organizing from a baby. Like, just tell us a bit about that history so folks can understand just kind of your family legacy yeah. in terms of, you know, community organizing. Oh, yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm a CD princess like many of us are. And uh, my father is Tyree Scott. Um, my dad was um, a union organizer, the founder of IBEW and um, behind integration and in unions. Um, my mother, many don't, people don't speak on her legacy, I think, just because of the way women often aren't recognized. But my mom was the first woman to become an electrician in the state of Washington. Wow. And that had no like relationship with my father. That's just how she worked. She talks, how she put it is she had graduated from college and she knew her mind worked and she just wanted to see what her hands could do. Wow. Mm -hmm. So you really come from like a strong legacy in terms of it be, you know, when people say it's in your blood, it's in your DNA. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's really something that you have leaned into. Tell us a bit about how you've taken that legacy on yourself and some of the things that you've been doing to stay connected to community and organizing. Yeah. You know, I would say the first thing is just really understanding how much you become your parents. You know, both my parents have transitioned already. And so I'm in a place where it's just um, me raising myself and recognizing who I really am. And who I really am is just them, but like, but also like totally different, right? I'm into astrology. So my mom's a, you know, an earth sign. My dad's an air sign and I'm water, right? Mm -hmm. We're very different. Um, but at the same time, when it comes to my ability to speak to people, that is both of them. <laughs> and then my ability to see that we all need to, are interconnected and we have to work together is absolutely a part of it. And for that, I would say how I show up in community is if I interact with somebody, I try to really take on who they are. I wouldn't, I, I mean, I think some people would say I'm an empath. I've never described myself that way. I don't think that, I don't know if I am. How I would say it is I, um, if I can feel there's a, something of concern, I'm going to help, mm. right? Because like, what else am I here to do? 
if not be in direct relationship with the people who are in my, uh, my immediate tribe. If I don't take care of you, then what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Like literally, what am I doing? I could go somewhere and make some money some other place. And I've done that before. I could reach real far and I could figure out how to um, connect across the world. And I've, could, I've done that before. But what I've realized is if I really pay attention to the things around me, especially with a five-year-old, I can make a difference in how his life is expectancy is meant to be, right? Mm -hmm. I tell people all the time, I don't do stuff for other people because I'm like, I'm just trying to take care of other people. My son has to be a part of this community. <laughs> if this community is not a healthy community, am I even being a mother, mm -hmm. right? So I'm here for it is my point. I'm really here for it. Well, you show up and you show up. You know, I mean, just during the break, you look like, oh, hey, I got some stuff for you. Amazing flowers that smell beautiful. And a journal here, uh, for those of you who don't know, I uh, do journal, um, uh, particularly in my spiritual work. I'm just like always taking notes. So I appreciate oh, all yeah. of this. Um, but also too, I really get to see you be you in community. And it's something that, um, just last night <laughs> we were working together and you were just sharing with me your insight about how important our work is in community in terms of healing our community and how that needs to be funded in a way that allows us to do just that. I really appreciated that. Like I, when I tell you, I'm going to carry that with me. I carry it forward because I agree. And that kind of brings me to the work you're doing now with this amazing, uh, you know, set of individual organizers in the covenant. Tell us a bit about what drew you into that work and what kept you there. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll credit due to uh, Elijah, uh, <laughs> you know, I want to say Elijah Muhammad, but it's not that one. I'm talking about Elijah. Um, Elijah's Lewis. Name is yeah. Lewis. There we go. Um, <laughs> So Elijah called uh, the community together in a way that is really a blessing of his youth, right? To have that kind of faith in community to say, I'm just going to like put out a purr purr and like whole, see who comes through. And um, he has great connection and he shows up for people. He's a Scorpio just two days prior to me. And so uh, he uh, pulled people in a way that it started a conversation. And the first meeting, we just vibed on what it was to collect as a community. The second meeting, people went around and introduced themselves. And I'm a real solutionary, right? The way my brain works is really like, I'm not here for nothing, but like, how do we fix it moving on, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm an Aries moon. Mm -hmm. That's my astrology talk and I do it all day. Mm -hmm. So I uh, would say that at the end of that meeting, I was like, oh, we should have some kind of a community understanding that is present for the tribe and we can present it at MLK because we got enough time. And, uh, you know, KL with Shannon was there and KL always makes me think like I can, can like, you know, connect it all the way to MLK Day. And um, MLK Day carries such weight in our city because as, remind me of the young woman's Shade, name, Shantae, yeah. Shade, 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 a pretty name, that Shade was saying that way that we have the, um, mm, I lost my thought. Shade was saying that, you know, we're named for um, Martin Luther King. Yeah. It's so funny. I have this little itty bitty uh, city pin ah, that, uh, yeah. you know, Larry Gossett gave me, I'm sure. And uh, <laughs> truly, and, uh, you know, I'm just grateful for the way that we've been named for a black man. It's the only one in the country. Yep. And so we honor who he is and the opportunity that we get to bring the covenant to this conversation. The covenant um, is so funny because I uh, linguistically, I don't know what covenant means. And so there's a part of me that really struggles with even owning that word. But but the way the words come together when you read them all at once is such an easy path to follow and a way to experience what you really want from others as you go out and, you know, pursue your own um, path. 
Yeah. Truly. You know, it's for me, it's one of those things that um, there was a a young group of organizers um, and we were like, we need something. It's like we need a set of principles. Like, what does it mean to be in community? Like, what kind of agreement do we have in community that says that this is who we are and who we're going to be? So it's funny because it took on a life of its own and it started um, now uh, almost three years ago. And it was like these ideas that we say things a lot, right? Like we'll say something about Sankofa and then like, oh, we look back to look forward. And, and, And so we, we talk about protecting our community. We talk about holding each other accountable and be responsible for our actions. But there, there was a lot of little sayings that I think happen, uh, particularly in black communities globally that, um, are really connected in a, in an interconnected kind of, uh, I, I always think ma'at kind of way, which is this, this need for interdependence, right? Like there is something here energetically where we all need each other. Yes. Right. And, um, when we think about love, uh, being the greatest magnitude of energy that one can put out in the world in these vessels, it really is giving, seeking nothing in return. So how do we in community embody that? And what does that look like? And so, I particularly loved this work because working alongside all of you who just said, yeah, we'll volunteer, we'll come together, we'll make it happen um, and we'll donate. We know we're going to donate money so we can get these hoodies printed. I can't wait uh, for our photo shoot and like uh, us being out there in, you know, at the march and the rally with our hoodies on. I think there's something so special about um having the 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 covenant on our hoodies and then having our signs out there and being collective mm-hmm. in a way that elevates our consciousness. Now y'all have heard me say this throughout the week because all week I've been intentional to have someone from this amazing covenant community on the show, not just because I'm connected to it, but because repetition of messaging is important when we talk about changing and reframing our thinking around what it means to be in community. And you've just brought such a unique, vital force uh, to this space that I just publicly want to thank you, Eula. Uh, I mean it. I And I, oh, I worked all hard, all week, not to get emotional as I said this to folks who are doing it because I realized I'm a mother too. It's still time. It's energy. It is our life force that we're giving to this. But I love knowing that we're doing something and that we're saying, you know, there was maybe a void that needed to be filled. And now all everyone I talk to about it is like, oh my God, this is what we need. This is what we need. Right. So I love knowing that we together really have already unified on covenant principles. And I just thank you so much for all that you've brought into it's that easy space. To do. Honestly, I would say that, you know, when it comes down to how, you know, the idea of treat others, how you want to be treated. If you really pay attention to yourself, then you can show up for others. I, I've done a lot of care for myself in the last few years. You know, um, I lost my husband and my mother in 2020. Mm-hmm. And so it was just one of those things where I had to reframe for myself what it was to be um, like what my tribe really looks like because it extends further than what I thought it was for a very long time. Right. Mm-hmm. And it shows up for me. My point is people show up for me left and right. People look out for me and it would be, it would be selfish of me not to like be so aggressively um, in response to the care I've received, yeah. you know, be so aggressively what you be so aggressively um, 
conscious. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best way to put them. Well, you've shown it and, um, you know, you've shown it and I've just been able to connect with you in various uh, formats. And I'm so grateful that you were able to take time uh, here today. Of course, I got to give you an option and opportunity to yeah. look into that camera. Folks are looking to become ambassadors of the covenant. I know, you know, the website, you can give it to them right there in that camera. And if folks are looking to connect with you in a community way with all of the amazing things you have going on, you can also share that as well. Yeah. So I, um, these days, my work is really called into grief work because of what's happened uh, in this pandemic, but also how I can understand that most people are grieving um, some type of version of themselves daily. And so if you're looking to have more support in your grief, or if there's somebody in your family that you know is dealing with grief aggressively in a way that is challenging them, my company is Good Grief. And all my intention is to make sure that we all process this. I'm not really one of those people that moves on money. I move on vibes. I move on uh, bartering. And I do like cash, but uh, you know it's going to come and flow. So uh, honestly, mm, Eula Scott Bino is my email at gmail.com. Uh, Eula is E-U-L-A-S-C-O-T-T-B-Y-N-O-E at gmail.com. As far as the covenant, um, the covenant is the forward slash or, you know, dash is really what it is. Uh, covenant at, hmm, I'm doing it wrong. The dash covenant.org. Simple as that. And you can go on there and read the principles. You can sign up for it. We'll keep you in contact with how we are um, going to move forward as a collective to make sure that we um, show up for each other. Because I, you know, I had a morning. Can I tell you about my morning? Nah, come on. So this morning I'm driving my son to school and I have a friend in the car because I'm taking her to the airport after this. I'm showing up for my tribe as best I can at all times. And we see a man literally taking a stick to a man who uh, had called him, uh, you know, a word that I don't know if you want to use on here, but I spell it N-E-G-U-S, mm-hmm. right? And uh, it held so much power as he threw that word that now this man is taking a stick to him, right? And I had to pull over and be like, bruh, you got to cut it out. You can't be this bothered by a single word. Also, my son is in the car. We're driving by. We're experiencing this right now. You've got to show up for yourself. You've got to show up for other people, right? But also this man that you're doing this to is a homeless man, right? This is one of those positions of you have power and he has nothing in this position. He has one word on you, but you are opening a business that's yours. And this man is, and you don't know this person, I promise. And uh, and you are, uh, this man is homeless in front of your space. It's not the same. You know what I mean? The power is in you. And it was really interesting to feel like, you know, called to like park my car and pull all the way up to tell my son not to pay attention because he was still buckling. And so, you know, I shouldn't have even been driving yet, but, um, but spirit calls me to move like that. And it was a trip. Moral of the story is it was a trip. And, um, the covenant is something that makes me want to speak up in those situations. Mm-hmm. You know, what originally came into place was the second uh, event. Auntie uh, Jacqueline had said that she experienced some young women that were a challenge to how she was supposed to respond to their actions because they were inappropriate. And, um, you know, we all have to be active sometimes. And it's nice to have the covenant put it together for us in a way where it's easy to think, how do I handle the situation? Because it's not about, um, it's about finding peace for all people at all times, Mm -hmm. right? My dad's motto was no separate peace. And so, um, we're all intricate, you know, I, there's just no other way to go around it. I went on that long spiel, y'all, because it's something I do, but I'm going to wrap it up at that point. Oh, well, you look, no, I thank you for sharing that because you are so right. It's not just about us living it privately. 
It's publicly. What does that look like? And how do we set examples for these covenant principles that we are all saying are necessary in our community? We know they're necessary in communities across the globe. And we're going to do something about it to not only, you know, have the messages permeate here locally, but what can we do to inspire other cities in the nation uh, across the globe, uh, internationally, worldwide to do this work. So I thank you for sharing that because it is something that we do have to do publicly. And uh, particularly when we have young people around us, we're setting an example, setting a tone for them. And if we want to really make our communities better, we do have to address the situations in the moment. So thank you so much oh, yeah, for sharing I told that. six grown men what to do. <laughs> there and it is. <laughs> and then I wanted to add too, just that, you know, for me, a big part of this too was the passing of Devon Pickett. Yeah. I really respected the man. I see great value in him and I uh, honor and respect his wife. I think she's just a, a powerful woman. And when Elijah put out this call, it was the idea for me that I could have uh, his death not be in vain mm -hmm. and I could be active in the solution around it. And when you said the thing about worldwide, it made me think about how I give, I'm talking on the phone with my cousin who lives in London, who's from Oakland. And I'm telling her how I've been um, in relationship with um, the healing as best I can in community of Devon Pickett's piece. And, um, she was like, is this like a postman? Is this like a, does he, it's like down by grocery outlet. Girl, how you know about Devon? Oh, wow. So she had just heard about him from another person that she was in relationship with that grew up in the city. And she's, you know, on the other side of the world. So yeah. it's truly all connected. Yeah, it really is. And I just thank you for upholding the principles, for living them, for exemplifying them publicly. We Stop. need that. I'm done. We, we got to be done. We with need that. that. No, it's, <laughs> I appreciate it. No, I mean that because everyone doesn't do it. And so when you recognize it, when you see it, you got to speak up about it. Well, they're it. not at capacity. Well, it's true. Know? And so we got to build that up gonna, too. We're just going to bring everybody up to capacity. It ain't, it ain't no easy. Ain't nobody got my parents. Yeah, there it is. Oh, Eula, this is amazing. Thank you so much for being here. My goodness, you all, of course, this uh, went over. But I, when I tell you when you're moved to have these kinds of conversations and for this to be a space to do that, I'm so grateful. I want to, of course, thank all of my guests today, Sahara Amini, all the work that she's doing out there to make sure we are engaged and informed. Again, she gave you guys some great resources. Make sure you reach out to her if you want to know more, figure out what can you do. Uh, she said it right there. Hit up, you know, the phone call, you know, for Patty Murray. Let her know that we need to support these bills. We need to support new legislation to really ensure that we're holding folks accountable. Of course, I got to give a huge shout out to Sade Moore for being here from Seattle MLK Organizing Coalition. You know, be there on Monday, y'all. This is a great opportunity for you to plug in. Go enjoy some of the workshops. They're always phenomenal. Uh, starts at 930. Make sure you guys tap in. As she said, the event schedule will be on the website tonight so y'all can check that out. And of course, huge shout out and thank you to Eula Scott Bino. So glad that she was here to share how she is not just being connected to community, but upholding the work that she is doing in community by being an example of the covenant. Of course, you guys can go to the-covenant.org, sign up to be an ambassador, you know, come and show us, hey, look, I signed up, take a screenshot because it'll send you a quick little thank you for signing 
signing up, take a screenshot, bring it to us on MLK Day. You will get a free hoodie while supplies last. Check it out. Come and be a part of us on MLK Day as we spread these amazing principles for all of us to uphold ourselves to. And I'm so excited because y'all will see me on Monday. We're working it all out for me to be able to be there, maybe do some uh, footage on day of. And so it's going to be a fun, fun show on Monday celebrating MLK and his legacy. And until Monday at 11 a.m., y'all, peace. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.